places. And still there is this deep, deep connection. And uh, I just want to thank you for welcoming us into your family. That's very good. I would like to start off with a, with a question. Um, we'll be reading two passages in a little while. Um, the, I, I would guess that's the basics or the, the, well, the scripture that is, is read very often with Christmas. But before that, I would like to start with a question, and that is, what is it that gives you that Christmas feeling? What is it that, when you think about Christmas, what is it that makes you like, it's that time of year again? As, as, as the way they sing it in the songs, right? What, what is it? And, and this question is really meant to be answered. So just, just be brave and, and speak up. Like, what is it? What, what makes Christmas Christmas for you? What makes you feel that? Christmas songs. Christmas songs. Carols? Yes. Christmas carols. There you go. The Christmas tree, you've even got one, eh? And lots of lights. Yeah, the Christmas tree. There's no other time of year that we put up Christmas trees, right? It's only with Christmas, sure. What else? Giving gifts, exactly. This is the time when we give, give gifts. Maybe there's other times when birthdays, or I don't know whether, how that is in, your, uh, in other cultures, but, but for sure, it's the time of giving gifts. Yeah, sure, absolutely. What else? These are good, these are all good ones. I don't think there's wrong ones. So you can't go wrong on this one. <laughs> this is an easy one to speak up. The birth of Jesus, for sure. The birth of Jesus, yeah. Is there something particular about the birth of Jesus? Something special about the birth of Jesus? He's our savior. He's our savior. He's our savior, for sure, yeah. He's the center of Christmas, right? Yeah. Wow. Anything to add to that? Meant to be with the rest of the family. A time of reunion, of getting around the table. And that's why uh, it was actually pretty touching to me as well when you shared about uh, you Filipinos being away from home. I, I relate to that. I'm, I'm not with my family in Holland as well. And um, yeah. There's something about uniting. Hmm? It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking, sure. Yeah, for sure. I agree. <laughs> when, I, um, when I just read what I have kind of written down on when I think of Christmas in the, um, in the way it's presented to us, it's lights, it's good food. I think usually people eat uh, good food with Christmas. Santa maybe, romantic music or the, or the carols. Well done Christmas services, presents, parties and all of that and that makes Christmas, at least when I look at the billboards or at least when I look at what the Khmer, and you live in Cambodia, what the Khmer copy from Christmas is the tree and the carols and the presents and it's really funny because it's a tropical country like here and they walk around with these beards and with these super warm clothes and it, it doesn't fit at all but for them it's kind of, it's Christmas. What I would like to touch on this morning with you, and um, it's not rocket science, is like how maybe the real picture of Christmas is different than what is portrayed to us, or what is shown to us, or, or what the media wants to believe is, believe us, is the Christmas story. I think it was maybe way less desirable than um, 
that they want to make, make, make us believe, which is Jesus was born in a manger. And I don't think that was the preferential kind of thing where Mary wanted to put her baby in. Um, maybe there was some animals around, I don't know. They've just been traveling or they were still kind of traveling, just arriving at Bethlehem. I'm not too sure. Um, I'm not sure whether it was nice and warm and cozy around the fireplace. Uh, I think it was rather cold and harsh. I wonder about the facilities that they had. When I read this story, it comes, comes across to me as something harsh, something difficult, something not that easy. And to me, I have to guard my heart that I, I don't replace the real Christmas with the things that I see in the world, which is presents and the trees and everything, and it's fine. I'm, I'm not against those one, but the trick is, or the, the, the problem might be that we forget a little bit about this little child in the manger. Christmas is a story of and what I call like unexpected hope. The Jews were expecting Jesus and there came their savior, but he was in Bethlehem and it was not really as they expected. What I would like to touch on today with you is two things. Is that the Jesus was a savior for all mankind, which was shown in how he was, he, how he came. And the other thing that I would like to touch on with you is that Jesus was a refugee. He was, he was not at home and he needed to flee very, very quickly because they wanted to kill him. And these for me are two things that I'm like, like why God, if this is your son, almighty, all powerful, part of, this, of the Trinity, why needed Jesus to come in such a way? Why? Why so lowly? And why being on the run? when he was still a baby. And I think that's the story of hope. And that's what I would like to look at you. Uh, that's what I would like to look at with you. Let me just quote a little line that I wrote down here. It's, Christmas is the feast of light, but we should be careful that the light that we remember is not the neon light of Christmas and the romantic carols that we sing, but that our light lies in that poor manger. And that's what I would like to look at uh, with you together. Um, let's look at the Savior for all mankind. If I was God, which I'm not, but if I, <laughs> obviously, um, if I would choose a place for my son to be born, it would probably be something better than a manger. It would probably be a place that's at least safe. Maybe a hospital where there's like services if something goes wrong. Um, maybe I would have... Uh, would have chosen a place that I was kind of sure or, 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 or that would be a place that is safe for my, my new son. A palace for the king of kings wouldn't be good enough. I would look for the best of the best with everything that he might even need. But not God. When he thought, I, I, I imagine this, when, when God was thinking of where should my son be born? He chose this manger. He, he chose this lowly, lowly place. And for me, the, the hope that is in there is that he wanted to, he wanted his son, he wanted the Savior to be a Savior for all mankind. Now, before we look further into that, let's, let's, um, let's go to Luke 
chapter 2 and read this, uh, these verses together so that we have this, um, this text fresh in our minds. So it's Luke chapter 2 and we start at verse 1. Luke chapter 2 verse 1 Okay, here we go In those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor over Syria And all went to be registered each to his own town And Joseph also went up from Galilee from the town of Nazareth to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. In the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news, great joy, that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and laying in a manger. And suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. For the Lord has made known to us which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now here we find a well, very well-known or over-well-known story of Christmas in Luke. But for me, what is so special is that when you look at um, who God chose to reveal that his son is born, is not Herod. Herod is not the Pharisees, is not the rich in Jerusalem, but is a, a group of people that are, at least in Jewish eyes, um, lowly or unworthy. And I just want to look at a, at, a, at a couple of them. Like first, if you think of Mary, Mary was just a, a, a young little girl, um, and I think the, the ideas about her age they vary a little bit, but she might be as young as sixteen or something. She was just an ordinary, normal, nothing special girl. And God chooses her to be the mother of Jesus. And for me, that is like, wow. 
Because if God would have chosen like the, the daughter of the queen or the one of whatever celebrity in Israel, but no, it was Mary. And look at the shepherds. If they received the news, the shepherds were very lowly men. They were very lonely. They were looked down on. And yet there comes the, the angel arrives and, 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 and says the news to, to the shepherds. Or look at the wise men. In, in a little while we'll, we'll switch to, to, to Matthew uh, chapter 2 as well. But like the wise men, although they, they might be rich, but they were non-Jews. They were not the chosen people of Israel. But they were the ones who saw the star. And to me that's like God is choosing certain people to say like, well, this Savior, this Jesus, my Son, is for everyone. Not just for the Israelites. Not just for the wealthy. And um, I think that is also what we've read in verse 10, when the angel says, Fear not, and behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. All the people. That is very inclusive. That's all of us. That's, that's, that's all of the people of Israel. That's all of the people just around them. That's their enemies. That's everybody. And we are included. And for me, that is a message of hope. Very often, um, when we share about Jesus in Khmer culture, the thing that we very often hear is that, well, there's like Buddha for the Khmer. To be a Khmer is to be a Buddhist. And there's the Jesus or any other gods for, for other people groups. And so Jesus is for the Westerners, for the, black, for the white people. That's how, they, that's how they very often respond to when we share about Jesus. Well, the angel says something different. No, 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 this Jesus is for all the people. So that's what, what I often share with the, with the, with the Khmer, and I also would like to, to share that with you. I'd like to share one other story about uh, a lonely lady that we know that, is, um, that was kind of struggling with this thing as well. Like, is, am I good enough for Jesus? That's kind of what's the underlying, underlying thing. We, um, um, so this is a little story. We, we, uh, in Cambodia, we, we, we serve and help build a, camp, a campsite, a Christian campsite in, um, uh, in Cambodia, in, in Kype. All welcome to come. Um, maybe not all in the same time, but one by one or something. But you're all welcome to visit. It's beautiful. But um, uh, about two, two or three years ago, when we started building the camp, uh, yeah, two years ago, maybe, not three, um, there was a, a young lady that started to work with us. Her name is Sai Poan typical Khmer name and um, and she uh, when we had the interview she shared that she only been a Christian for a couple of months maybe two or three months and I was like this is interesting eh? to 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 be able to work together with someone that that is like knowing God but it's still so fresh it's still so new that um, for example she didn't know how to pray so I guess there was a pastor who helped her a little bit in the first steps of, in faith, but she was pretty much um, uh, lacking a, a lot. And it was just, I felt like a privilege to walk alongside her for a little while. So there was one moment when she asked for money and um, for something in the family, I, I, for, I forgot what. And, and then it's so easy to be their savior, especially as a white man and you've got the money in your pocket, it's easy to be saviors. You just draw it out, you give it and you do a fine prayer, very spiritual, and you're their savior. And I said, that's not, I, I thought like, that's not what I wanted to be. Jesus 
is the savior. He is the one, not for the white people, for all people, for Stripoan as well. And um, I said, well, now what do we do, Stripoan? I think my, of course. And um, let's pray together. Let's pray that Jesus will, 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 will help you in your situation. We'll do something that will solve your need. And um, she said, well, I don't really know how to pray. I said, well, praying is not that hard. Just, just honestly express your need uh, to Jesus. That's, that's good enough. He will, he, will, he will hear that. He will see your heart. And so Stripoan prayed a very simple prayer about her need. And I, th- I thought it was $100 or something. But um, that prayer, and I said, okay, now let's, let's believe. Let's, let's, Jesus had, has heard this prayer. Let's now just wait till what he, he is doing. And, and, and I was not sure. Because I was like, now, now did I do the right thing? Or should I have given the money? Or, or how does this work? And um, wrestling with that a little bit over the days. And then um, I think that, not the next day, but the day after, Slipon came again. And she said, Bong bong, because that's what, what they say in, uh, in, in, in Kamai. It's like older brother. Older brother, listen, this is what God, this is what God has been doing. And, and she shared that how her husband was kind of invited to a job that he, he, he did. He, he'd done that job for a long time, but now he was invited to a project where he had a way higher pay. And like in two days, he already earned the money that he would normally earn in only half a month. And he could stay on for the next day and the next day. And so she was like, God has heard my prayer. Wow. And for her, it was such a an encouraging thing that not only God heard her prayer, but she was worthy enough for God to hear her. And she didn't even know how to pray, but still. And it was such a confirming thing. And for, for me, it was such a thing where, where, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I was out of the way. I was not the Messiah. Jesus was. And, and, and she could have that direct connection with Jesus and not via me, not via the Westerner. Jesus is the Savior for all mankind, for Strapoan also for me but also for all of you and no matter how young you are how old you are no more no matter your, your, your nationality no matter where you're a, 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 a rich man or a, or a poor a woman a Jew a gentle it doesn't matter to God he sent his son for all mankind now this is a simple message and I guess that most of you have heard that uh, many times for me it's like how deep did that sink in? Or do I still believe that I have to do certain things, be good enough to a certain extent to whatever earn, uh, to earn God's grace or something? Or well, then it's, it isn't grace anymore. So I really would like to, just this morning, put this again at Christmas, kind of Christmas time to you and say like, well, how is that with you? Here's another line. Both rich and poor need to bow down and kneel at this lonely manger. The wise men who were rich, they needed to bow down. While the shepherd, they were poor and they needed to bow down. And my, my idea is, have we all made ourselves like small and really said like, well, I will humble myself, put aside my pride, or put aside my abilities that I even think I still have and say like it's all because of you Jesus nothing else anymore. just you and I I'm, I'm, I'm ready to accept your gift now I don't know whether all of you are Christians or not but I would like to urge you have you done that? 
and you look the baby Jesus in the eyes as being the Savior for all mankind. Or not. If you don't know me, I don't know you. You know that God knows you. I want to tell you that God loves you. But if you haven't humbled yourself, if you haven't come to Jesus and say, like, here I am, you cannot deserve it. But you don't have to. That's the good news. That's the good news of the gospel. Jesus did everything. And you can just say, here I am with my sins, with my incapabilities, with everything. But I, I want to hold on to it. Please save me. So, the Savior is there for all mankind. We know that many rejected Him. And this, this Christmas would be a real Christmas, would be a real party, would be a real feast if all of us would be like able to say, for sure, I am I'm with this child as well. I believe in Him. I love Him. And I know there's this child, 30-something years later on, He died on the cross for me as well. He put aside my sin. He washed it away. I'm clean. All out of grace. Nothing deserved. Just, just grace. We serve with, uh, with Alongside Us, Alongside Us International. And, and the whole idea is that Alongside Us is, you know, you walk alongside one other. You walk alongside someone else. Because so many people are lonely. So many people are suffering. So many people are... Are lacking. Now, this is the moment when Jesus became our alongside in the flesh. He came and he chose to come as a little child. And when he grew up, he lived a, he lived a, he lived a life like that, full of, full of, you know, the tribulations that we face as well. It, it, to some sense, I would say a life of despair as well. He was hunted after. He was our alongsider. He walked alongside us. He showed us the, the heart of the Father. He showed us God. And as alongsiders, as the movement, we, we, we equip and we mobilize to walk alongside others as well. And that's the second thing. That's kind of the, the bridge where I want to go. Like Jesus is a refugee. Jesus is someone who is not like a, a, a wealthy king, as, as some person that was, everything was arranged for him. And, and, and when he just did this with his fingers, the, the, the car would drive it, a nice car of course, like a Maserati or something, and then yep, there comes the car, Jesus goes, not at all, Jesus was a refugee, he was on, he was on the run. Let's, um, let's read before we kind of continue this in Matthew. <coughs> Matthew chapter 2. Let's do verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his, stars, his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired 
of where Christ was to be born. He told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come forth, uh, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went over them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw what he had been, that, he was, that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he, has, that he had ascertained from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Jeremiah. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and loud lamentation. Rachel, weeping for her children, she refused to be comforted because they are no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who saw the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that, was, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. So here we find the story, and I think that is well known as well, but Jesus is born, and uh, after a little while, um, um, you know the, the wise men. They offer they offer their gifts and, and they 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 worship Jesus. And then Herod finds out that he's been tricked, and and he's just he's just gone mad, and he kills all the babies from two and under. Now I think that is horrible. There's there's nothing uh, for me. There's it's just horrible. But not Jesus. There was a there was a in a dream. Uh, an angel or the Lord or whatever said to Joseph. Now now you, now you go. You need to go. Because they are trying to kill Jesus, and he obeyed, and he went to went to Egypt. Now, now, think of what happened. There lies this little baby in a in a manger, um, and to me, this is such a contrast with with how we see the little little sweet sweet Jesus in the nice nice manger, 
but he, he's, the, he's the focus point of threat. They want to kill this, this little, very small baby, and they need, it, they need to flee. Um, this is not a very distant story, eh? My, my, home, my home country is Holland, and just this morning I read on the news that, that thousands and thousands of babies are being born on, on the journey from Syria, for example, to, into Europe. Uh, or, or, or people that are, that are fleeing from, the, from northern Africa into Italy. Thousands and thousands on the run. Refugees, little babies. Jesus was the same. And for me, that is hope. If Jesus was this... this, this well taken care of baby in a palace, never touched by any harm, never hunted after. And how could he relate? Or how could we relate to this, to this untouchable child? No. No, Jesus was a refugee. Jesus was suffering. Jesus was vulnerable. Jesus was away from home. And that is a story of hope. Many of us are away from home as well. Like Jesus. We can approach Jesus. He feels how we feel. He knows that. And that is a story of hope. Uh, Hebrews 2 uh, says and explains how, how Jesus can relate to us in his suffering. Um, Philippians, chapter 2 as well, speaks about how, how Jesus chose and how Jesus it, it was a deliberate choice for him to to come into this world the way he did as a baby I think it's and I would like you all to take it as an encouragement today that Jesus connects with you he is your alongsider in your suffering in your loneliness in your questions he is there with you Something else I wanted to share where, where we think about Jesus as a refugee is, is someone who is, who is suffering. When we are suffering, I don't think it's without a reason. I think that through the suffering that we experience, we are able to connect with others who are suffering as well. I think that when I, when I again a little story here, when we just came into Cambodia, we had a very, very difficult time after six months and we, we thought we were gonna whatever, burn out or something. Um, but, but really, really hard. And we were asking, like, why God? We did sell our house. We gave up everything. We did this Bible college to be well-equipped. And now here we are, and we are just burning out. Why? Couldn't you just do something? Get the Maserati? No. God didn't. And we had to wrestle through it and through it. And then we thought we were getting better, and we had a fallback, and, and all of that. And it took... Way too long for my impatient heart. But now guess what happened? Is that because we were in there, it's so much easier in a way to relate to someone who is suffering as well and to say like, well, I know how you feel. And not just my, with my mind, but my feelings as well. I can cry with others in a way that I couldn't do before. Jesus can relate to you. He can cry with you in a way that is, that, is, that is 
like with you. He is not distant. He is close. He feels the same. When you're suffering, again, I don't know your life, so I don't know your situations. When you're suffering, it's not without a reason. Hold on to that. I think someone said, in every opportunity, or in every, um, everything that you, you, you come across in your life, there is an opportunity, there is a choice to make. Now do I, now do I why God, why this, why that? Is that that's, that's a choice? Or do I like, how can I, in this situation, glorify God? How can I grow in this? How can I, I learn more from Christ? Well, let that be our attitude. So that we can relate and connect with the suffering around us. We are meant to be people of hope. I love this picture of the cross as well. Like, like if, if this is my body and, and this picture is the cross like that, I'm, I, can, I can hold on to Jesus and reach to someone else. And then what you see is the cross. Let that happen. But it is the cross. It is suffering. But in that, Jesus' light can shine through others. Maybe more bright and, and, and clearer than it could otherwise. Two things. A savior for all mankind. Jesus. And Jesus is a refugee. Jesus is the one who suffered in all of his life, on the cross as well. Maybe the deepest there. But he was a man and he, he, he knew about suffering. The saviour of, of, of all mankind. I would like to summarize that with the word inclusive. You didn't, didn't need to be a Jew. It was good news for all the people. Thank God for us as well. And the other, Jesus is a refugee. I would like to summarize that and say like he was, he, he's connected to people in their suffering. To us as well in what we go through. Now I would like for you to, to reflect on this for a little while. Maybe, maybe a minute or two or whatever. How are you living an inclusive life? How are you following the example of Christ in, 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 in loving all the people? For me... For example, I have to ask this question to, to myself, like, am I excluding people in my ministry? Or am I, like, inclusive? To be exclusive is easier. To be inclusive is harder. So I would like to, for you to think about that, like, like, are you living an inclusive life, like Jesus? Are you living in, in connection with others? Um, when I was just thinking in the, in the, during the worship, I was, I was like, sometimes there's even people that we are not even allowed to reach out to, maybe by law even. And then this phrase came to my mind, Jesus was breaking the law to fulfill the law. Because the law is love, right? And the Pharisees were constantly saying, you're, doing, you're breaking the law, you're breaking the law, you're breaking the law. He was not. He was fulfilling the law. Maybe we need to step over boundaries. Maybe even put ourselves in places of danger. To be inclusive. To reach all the people. Uh, here's the gospel. The gospel for all is one of your, one of your values, right? The gospel for all. 
Well, how does that resonate? How does that work in your life? Or do I or do we exclude certain peoples or people group? This is not to say that you're doing something wrong. I'm preaching to myself here. And how can you connect to people in their suffering? Let's, let's, let's not look at it on a, on a whatever big skill thing first, but your life. How can you relate to someone and say like, hey, I see you're having a hard time. How can I? How can I help? How can I pray for you? How can I love you? What do you need? How can I... How can I be hand and feet of Jesus in your life? Or on the church scale, I don't know. But, but how, can you, how can you connect to, to suffering people? Jesus, Jesus was. I need to be as well. I'm coming to a close and I promise to uh, give some time to reflect on it. So let's, let's be just... Um, be just quiet for maybe two minutes or something three minutes let's look at those two words you're, you're inclusive the savior of all mankind reaching out to all inclusive how does that work in your life and Jesus is a refugee he knows how we feel he's connected to us in our suffering and how is that with you give you a couple of minutes and then I will close with the final verse and then in prayer
Father, out of all the options that you had for your son, out of all the ways that you could have sent him into this world, you've chosen this particular way. As a little child, as a little baby, born in uh, circumstances <coughs> that if I was in charge, I've chosen it differently, but not you. Father, we, it's hard to imagine a, a, a bigger transition for your son from heaven into that lonely major for me, for us, for us as a, as a church globally, as believers. Father, I pray that we will not just take that as something noble, something sweet, but that we will see that as an example as well as to how we can live our lives as well, connected, reaching out. Father, we in it we see the kind of the risk that you took. Help us to be risk takers for your sake. And Jesus, we kind of picture you on the run with Joseph and Mary to Egypt, fleeing because they wanted to kill you from day one. You suffered. Home was hard to describe. You did it. You suffered. You were in pain. And we thank you for that. That you chose that. So that you're not a distant God, not knowing what suffering was, but you knew. You know. And Father, we we thank you for that. Now we pray. Help us to follow that example as well to connect with the suffering in the body of Christ and outside as well to be refuge to be hope to be light to be love where love and light and all these other things are hard to find Father may the body of Christ also here in this place be known as a place where people can go to for love, for light, for meaning, where they can meet yourself. Help us to follow that example. Lord, we, we offer you our lives. And Lord, all of this gift that you gave us, if there's anyone here today that is not yet a believer, that is not yet a follower of you, that is not yet someone who has kneeled down with this, at his manger. Oh Lord, would you make this Christmas or this day the day that your light break, will break through in, in, in those lives as well. Lord, we all need a Savior. Thank you that you came for all.
The angel said, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Amen. I made uh, last week. Um, I brought a Steve at the back. Um, has told me that he wants to be baptized, and that is, uh, <coughs> yeah, thank you. That is that is great. Um, just connecting to the sermon just now. Um, looking this baby Jesus in the eyes, and 33 years later he was on the cross, and we look him in the eyes again. And this is a very personal thing. It's he for me. Once you make that decision, the next thing he asks from us is, would you make that visible? Would you make that clear to even the devil and his angels and to your your friends and make it a landmark for yourself as well? Be baptized. That's the first thing. If this is on your mind, if you are thinking about these things, um, let me know. It would be great if you can baptize more people than Steve only. If it is Steve only, we are still happy. But if there are more, um, <coughs> let me know. We are, we are trying to set a date in January um, to be confirmed. If before that you feel this is something I also want to do. I see the Lord is talking to me. Let me know. Then we can talk about it. Um, And once again, uh, those of you, especially those of you who are uh, not going anywhere this Christmas, uh, please come to our place and let's have a wonderful time of fellowship. If not, Merry Christmas and see you next week.